Hello and welcome to Life Save Her, the podcast. This is a podcast for all of my women, men you can listen to, but for all of my women to come get a weekly dose of some self-care, some self-help, and tips to live the life that you desire. I'm your host, Brittany A. Johnson. I want to set this disclaimer. While I am a licensed mental health counselor and I am going to be talking about mental health and life-related topics, this is not a substitute for therapy. This is an addition, this is a bonus, this is that kind of added support so that you have what you need in and outside of session. If you need a therapist, I encourage you to reach out to different therapists in your area, or you may also email me to get a list of therapists that I may recommend. Stay tuned for today's episode. To today's episode. So today we're going to talk about self-doubt and how it impacts us in terms of sabotage and how it impacts us in terms of needing to kind of stop being overwhelmed, ready to better understand ourselves, ready to put better boundaries in place and do the things that we dream about doing, that we talk about doing, that we strive to do. So self-doubt can be described or defined as not believing in yourself or not believing that you yourself has the skills, the ability, the capabilities to live the life you want or to reach a certain goal, to speak on a certain topic, to you know show up as an expert in any capacity. Self-doubt tells you that you can't do it. Self-doubt is one of those sneaky little things that impact our self-talk and again, have us thinking that we can't do or we're not capable or we shouldn't even try to do certain things. So then when people do give you a compliment or people do tell you that you have skills, you start to challenge that. You start to negate that. You start to look for reasons and ways to say that they are not telling you the truth. The one that has that information. And so you put yourself kind of a cycle of hearing what people say, questioning what they say, and looking for reasons to dismiss or dispute what they're saying. So that is kind of the definition of self-doubt. So where does it come from? What are other ways that it shows up? So let's start with where it comes from. So based on my research and experience with self-doubt, self-doubt comes from having one or two situations where you have felt like you failed or where you didn't do your best in addition to trusted people in your life telling you that that you didn't do a good enough job how many of us can think back to elementary or even in our family setting where someone told you that what you did wasn't good enough and that you can try harder and that if you just put a little bit more effort in you will get to you'll be top or you you'll be whatever they think you can be I'll be honest, that was on my report card several times in elementary school and in middle school. The teachers would overwhelmingly tell my mom if she just put a little more effort in, she would be a straight A plus student. I had decent grades throughout school, but they would always, it was always on my report card. If she just try a little harder, put a little more effort, we can see that she can do it. We know that she can do it, but she's choosing not to for some reason, or she's being lazy, right? How many of us also have heard that in our lives? From Again, back when you were younger, someone has told you that that's what it is. And then when you get into high school and into college, you are constantly having someone else grade you or tell you what you're doing or tell you what they see and they're marking it on your you know, job evaluation. So if it's time for a raise, Now you may not get this raise because this other person has decided that you didn't meet a mark 
that they have set. And so that automatically implants self-doubt because if these trusted people or this manager or these teachers or these family members are telling me that I can do more, then I start to doubt myself, right? Because I thought I was doing, or you think you're doing the top that you can. You think you were given 110% of your effort and here comes someone to say, "Mm, I don't think you are. It looks to me like you're only given 80. So that starts to plan in this question like, well, what, what am I seeing that they're not seeing? And let me start doubting myself because maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I'm not doing my full capacity. Maybe I could be doing more. So if you hear that over and over again, it starts to plant these seeds of self-doubt. And then like clockwork, our brains do what our brains do. And we start looking for the evidence to support that. So if you are looking for all the times that you have failed or all the times that you did not meet the standard, even if it was a standard that you set for yourself, you start adding that in. And then, oh, by the time you are you know, a teenager or a young adult or in your 30s, you are full of self-doubt. You are full of the voices and the record that keeps playing that says that you somehow are not good enough and you just need to not even try So I'm going to use I a lot in this because one of the things that I've learned about sabotage and in self-doubt in particular is that people typically don't want to admit that that they are dealing with that. They don't want to talk about that they're dealing with it. So I'm going to use I so that it kind of takes the pressure off if you are a person who has self-doubt and you don't want to necessarily acknowledge it because it's not something that many people want to talk about, right? It's not one of those, you know, friendly topics that we can handle. And even as we are making these, you know, strides in mental health awareness and, you know, destigmatizing it, we still are not comfortable with certain terms. So we'll label them different things or we'll talk about them in different ways or we'll never tell anyone if that's actually what we're dealing with. And we might stumble into a therapy office and the therapist will be able to to notice it almost instantly and then they'll help you process it. But if you don't ever go to therapy, or you know, have a coach or any type of person that's kind of helping you sort through, helping you figure out skills, you may never really realize that that's what's going on for you. You probably have had experiences where you start a goal or you start a new thing in your life, whether it's professional or personal, and you within a week, two weeks, you might make it three weeks, but typically people who make it three weeks or more become consistent and it becomes a part of the routine. But let's say you make it one or two weeks and then here comes these these thoughts. Here comes that record again that is saying, don't forget, you really aren't good enough to do these things. You really need to do more work. You really need to do this. And so that ends up sending you right back to, well, let me just not even try. Because if I don't think I'm good enough, then therefore it's not going to show up that I'm good enough. And self-doubt does show in, in your work. It'll show in terms of you showing up partially to do things or you're doing a project and you may halfway do it, or you may put it out kind of sloppy, you know, it does show up in those ways. And so what do we do with that? If you're like me, then you probably have spent countless hours dwelling in this self-doubt, almost like dwelling in self-pity. And then you come out of it like, wait a minute, what am I doing, right? Something sparks in you that's like, wait, what am I doing? Do I really need to do this? Is this really where I need to be? And you start to do some things to change it. You start to do some things to dispute it. Self-doubt also shows up in terms of trying something new because many of us, and there's been studies that's actually proven that if you don't try a certain sport by the time you get to sixth grade, that you will likely never try that sport 
because there's some science behind that by the time you get to middle school, the thought of being embarrassed because you're not good at something is overwhelming. And so you just don't even try. And so think about how that has probably shown up in your life in sports or in other ways. If you didn't do something by a certain age, you likely are not going to try it because the thought of looking, air quote on looking, that you are incompetent or that you are you know, not skilled or that you just look clumsy doing this thing, it keeps you from trying it. And then here comes self-doubt again with reminding you because that old record that you built when you were looking at those examples throughout your you know, life and every time you were doing something, you looked at the examples. So here comes that record starting to remind you like, yep, you, we told you. We told you not to think that you could do that. Yeah, those people are telling you that, but we told you that that is not true, that they are just lying to you, right? So the other part of imposter syndrome is that, believing that you don't have enough and that someone is going to call you out on it. So self-doubt plays on that because it tells you, right? You can't do that. You, you, you're going to look crazy or you're going to look stupid if you try this new thing at your age. What if you fall in front of people? What if you fail? Then what? For many, that is just too daunting, too overwhelming, and too scary. So they sit in the doubt that they can do it. How many of you, and be honest with yourself, have tried something new later in life? Now I'm talking about between the ages of 20 and 35, because there's also some things about once you get to about age 35, you start to care less about other people's thoughts and more about what feels good to you. And what I hear is by the time you get to the other side of 40, you really just don't care. And you're just like, I'm going to do whatever I want to. So we see people in their 40s and 50s trying things that they didn't do when they were younger. But how many of us between the ages of like 22 and 35 tried something new? The numbers are really low. And, and look at yourself. Look at your own life. Did you try anything new between those ages? Or were you just kind of in a cycle of doing what was comfortable? Nothing outside of that comfort zone. Nothing outside of that radius. I like to call it, and when I talk to my clients about it, I like to call it that 20-mile radius, right? So you, you're typically comfortable going 20 miles around where you're at, whether that's a physical 20 miles or even mentally 20 miles. Like you're comfortable being in a small setting or you're comfortable being in this, you know, this area, but the thought of going outside of that area is super scary. And then self-doubt, again, is like, nope, we can't do that because we've never tried it. We're, it's not going to look right. It is just super scary. That was me even when it was time to start this podcast. I had so much self-doubt about would I have topics to talk about? Would anybody want to even listen? And again, within a couple of days, my brain did what it's designed to do, which your brain is designed to do it too once you kind of learn the skills. And I was able to remind myself like none of that is true. And even if it is true, somebody will like it. Somebody will get some benefit from it. And it's okay. You're doing it because you want to as well. In addition to, you want to be able to help other people who might be experiencing what you're experiencing. So that's one of the ways that you can, you know, let self-doubt go or start to squash self-doubt. But other ways that self-doubt shows up is trying to go for or seeking a higher level in your career. So in the book, I talk about the example of, you know, a woman who had a nice career. She was already at the, you know, upper management level and she had the opportunity to go higher, but she was afraid. And we, you know, and I talk in the book and use it as the example of how to work through those, you know, those sabotaging feelings, how to work through those limiting beliefs. But the thing I didn't put in the book, which is likely going to the next book, all right, is about how self-doubt is, is in there too. So 
think about that too. We start doubting ourselves because there's no one else around us doing that. So if you are in a circle of people or in your life, your family, your friends, and no one else is doing the thing, you typically won't try it yourself either. So we've probably heard many personalities on TV and on radio say, you know, change the people around you, start hanging around the people who you want to be like, or not necessarily be like, but like the lifestyle you want so that you can see it's possible. And I used to be like, that is so ridiculous. Why would anybody want to do that? But now as I'm getting older and I've been able to do more research, I realize that there's truth in it. Because again, if you don't see anybody else in your circle doing these things, you are less likely to try it either. And that could be because of self-doubt or that could be because of something completely different because there is a thing, and maybe I'll do a podcast episode on that, where there's this fear of being alone and alone in terms of being the only one in this you know, financial bracket, the only one that's doing these, these types of events or these types of things. And so maybe I'll do a podcast on that another time. But for now, let's think about how that is self-doubt and ultimately sabotage. That being sabotage. It also starts to play into be term in terms of like a lack of confidence, a lack of believing in ourselves. And again, we know that that can lead to us not doing the things we want to do, not trying for the things that we want to try for, and ultimately just not living the life that we say we want to live. And again, this can be for business or personal, right? So in your business life, this can show up and play out in terms of not going for opportunities to, you know, increase your brand or to do more in whatever field you're in, not going for the promotion, not going for the special project, just not doing anything more than what you were initially hired to do. In your personal life, that can look like, you know, not reaching fitness goals if you have decided that you wanted to do some things in the fitness world, you know, not taking care of your health, not spending a lot of money on eating out if you've set a goal not to do that. So the self-doubt really can start to show up in all those ways. And it oftentimes feels like, yeah, that's not, it. you know, that doesn't, that's not necessarily self-doubt, that's laziness. And I'm here to tell you that it's not laziness. It often is self-doubt and it often is sabotage. Now, and I do want to say that a little bit of self-doubt can be healthy because it does push you to kind of go farther, to go a little harder, to do a little more. And when I say push you to do more and go harder, I don't mean to exhaust yourself or overly exert. I'm just talking about being able to do one more rep if it's in the gym, or one more paragraph if it's something you're writing, or one more you know speaking engagement if you have capacity to do it. So some self-doubt can be health- healthy, but if it starts to keep you kind of stuck, if it starts to show up kind of every day and in multiple areas of your life, then it might be something to definitely spend some time on, do some digging and see what's, you know, what ultimately is there. That people who do sports that are kind of individual, such as like gymnastics or diving or things like that, where it's just you, you are the only one that can score these points. While you do help a team, like it is individual activities. I have found that people who do sports like that in their childhood often do not deal with self-doubt on the level that someone who was on a team sport has dealt with or team activity. And I'm wondering, I'm thinking that that's because when you have to do it on your own and you learn it at a young age, that it's just kind of you up there, it forces you to have that confidence. It forces you to think that you can do whatever you set your mind to and then you accomplish it. And that is healthy and very helpful in your life. But if you didn't grow up in that space, if you were in a situation where 
you, you know, we're on a team sport and everything about it is team, team, team. And you're constantly compared to the next person, you know, on the team or the best person on the team that can start to place self-doubt in you as well. Right. So think about on a basketball team. And if you hear that, you know, player A is the top scorer, the top rebounder, you know, the top defender, like they're just the top person. And every day your coach is saying, player B, I need you to be like player A. Look at what player A is doing and be like player A. That eventually does plant the seed of doubt. And and again, while it can drive you to reach that goal and become better than player A and now you're player A, it also can do the reverse and make someone just say, you know what, I'm just not even going to try. I'm going to stay right here at this level where I'm doing enough to get by, but I'm not going to do extra. Be honest with yourselves and think about, do you fall in that category? Are you a person that for whatever reason, likely self-doubt, has decided that you're just going to stay at this space? You're not even going to try. I'll be honest and say that that was me a few months ago. I had a situation where I was applying for something uh, business related and before I could do the application, I immediately started having all of these thoughts of self-doubt, all of these thoughts of, I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't think this is something that I need to do. And it kept me stuck for, you know, several days. And by the end of the last day, I really had settled on, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to stay right here where I'm at. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I'm fine. And so I tried that for about another week. And then there was this fire inside of me that was, you know, that reminded me of like, what are you doing? You do want this. This is something that you said you wanted. And so I started the application process to to try to do it. So I also am not, you know, exempt from self-doubt. So think about your life. Think about places where you have had this self-doubt and where you might want to do some things to fix it. And so some of the things that you can do really is to really take inventory of of what you have been able to accomplish. It's easy to, to focus on your mistakes. It's easy to focus on your flaws. So for this, it's a challenge to focus on the things that you do well, the things that you do right, the things that you are good at. That's how you can get over self-doubt. Now, if you need a little bit more, because sometimes it's deeper and sometimes it is, you know, rooted in maybe some childhood abuse or some childhood neglect or some other kind of traumatic event, then definitely reach out to a therapist in your local area so that you can really work on, you know, what what caused it and kind of working on how to kind of start letting it go. Because you deserve and you are worthy and you are enough and you just, again, you deserve to have everything that you say you want and have the peace of mind that when you do do something, you are given 100% and you are comfortable and confident that that's what you're doing. Let me know your thoughts on this. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey. As you all know, podcasts are rated by the number of subscribers and the ratings that they receive. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this at and also leave a rating and a comment. I welcome all comments. Also, make sure you head over to the different social medias, Instagram at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC, Facebook at Brittany A. Johnson, and even on LinkedIn at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC and follow so you can stay connected to what's going on. Talk to you soon.